And we're back. I like starting the show as if the last one just ended. Like it was just a week-long commercial break. Uh, this is Ergo. <laughs> you can't be on But it is Ergo. That is indeed true. I can verify that. It was last week. It will be next week. I'm Kiss. <laughs> I'm Dave. And what we do here is showcase folks reshaping the culture of Chicago for the more equitable and creative. How are you feeling? I'm feeling very good. I am trying to maximize my gratitude. I have been in a season of gratefulness, and I'm trying to extend that. How about you? I'm all right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That works. (laughs) Uh, I'm just coming off of having my family here all week for Thanksgiving. We're actually recording this before they show up. Yeah, you just tripped me out. So I might be just exhausted in a week. (laughs) So it's a good thing we're getting this in advance. Without further ado, let's uh, let's get to Tasha. Let's get it. (laughs) Here we go. No, this is not the kind of love I'd ever thought I'd find. What's the word for falling into someone else's side? And I don't even know if I'm grown enough to say these words, but I want you more and more. That much I can be sure of. You can be a question asker as well. Mm, mm. You know, it's less about getting the answers to our questions and more about it being a conversation. And so, so, so you can just like take that wheel and, <laughs> and skirt us in any direction. We'll follow. If you take that hard left, we'll follow. <laughs> okay, great. Great, great, great. Cutting people off in the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a funeral procession where they all have the signs in the window. <laughs> all right, let's stop it there. You ever see, I recently, one week ago, saw one car with one of those. I was like, oh, buddy, you got lost. <laughs> Like a goose on a migration on its own. <laughs> oh. My dad had a joke. So he, it was about like, he keeps his sticker in, in his glove box. And so mm-hmm. he just slaps it in and just joins <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> <laughs> He's just ready to go. Because what's the urgency? It's not like an ambulance. Yeah. Like there, they need to get to uh, yeah, they, they just need to stay together. Yeah. <laughs> But it's not a time system. No, 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 we got time. Oh, wow. Oh, God. The show has changed. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We are very excited to... Ecstatic. Elated. uh, Over the moon. Overjoyed. Giddy. Ooh, you went with giddy. I went with giddy. I'll take that. I'll take that crown. We're Mm. excited. To welcome back to the show, <laughs> a uh, a repeat guest and a wonderful human, Tasha's here. Ooh, that was nice. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> if you were, I've asked this once before, if you could have any animal sound as your walk-up music, what would it be? Mm. Oh, okay. So first thought, my favorite animals are horses, and so maybe not like a the sound from a horse's mouth but maybe like a horse oh, hooves like galloping oh. like through a field yeah ah. i'll be adding something... that in post okay <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> yeah why horses what do you love about horses uh i used to horse back ride i mm. was a little bit of a horse girl when i was younger wow. <laughs> so you have horse um girly. it was not it wasn't you know i'm from chicago so it was like i'd go a week with our family friends who did their own diy horse camp in michigan mm. um <laughs> 
and we went for years and we every summer and uh yeah i got pretty good at horseback riding wow. but it was yeah it was like the thing that i most looked forward to mm. yeah. what makes a horseback riding camp diy is aren't they all done by themselves <laughs> um well it wasn't like an, an institution it wasn't mm-hmm. like an organization yeah. or it was they just like had horses it was our family friends and the other kids of the affiliate families ah, so and it wasn't like a uh, like a licensed tour right like so we'd stay $80. at their house and then drive to the ranch where the horses were where they knew people and they would like host us for the week good to know yeah Some good friends to have yeah yeah oh yeah very good <laughs> so let, let's let's get off the horse and come back to the present moment we always we, we like to start the show with the same two-part question which is in this time in this moment in this season how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world tasha I was wondering if you were still asking uh-huh. asking yeah, that. That's uh, that's nice. Um, the world is treating me really well right now. I have so much space. As I was saying earlier, I just quit my job. Yeah. So I Which have, job was this? That you this quit? was a cafe job I was working okay. at a fabulous cafe in Rogers Park called Soul Cafe. Um, but I just needed more space and now I have more space. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm feeling things feel very possible right now, but not in a scary way, which I was nervous about. (laughs) Um, but just a really like comforting way. Um, yeah. And I'm treating the world yesterday. I was in a bad mood. And so I was walking around a little bit surly, Mm. um, (laughs) <laughs> Which I don't, I'm not often yeah, that's, like that. That's rare, that's rare. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it, I feel like that's your extreme, though. I feel I like you don't really go past surly. Like, some people are just like generally surly yeah. people. That is like a, an outlier. Yeah. You, if it's you. a cheery to surly spectrum, you're living on one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's always, it's really short lived. Like, it was really just for about 12 hours yesterday, and now mm. it's gone. And I'm, uh, I'm back. <laughs> was, it, was it shocking to feel surly? Um, it just feels, I mean, it doesn't feel good for Mm -hmm. me. I, I didn't sleep well. And so I just woke up in a mood and then sometimes Mm. I just, I just decide like, this is going to be my mood today then. Um, yeah. yeah. But you were able to like accept that it wasn't like overwhelming. Yeah. I also tend to, I, um, I, I like to, to get, to caught up in my moods whatever mood they are like and let, so <clears throat> you like to let them be yeah and so yeah. if that's my mood then i'm just gonna be i'm like okay fine i'm cranky today then and mm-hmm. that's gonna be what mm-hmm. i am come, come people, get some of this. people are just gonna have to deal <laughs> yeah. with it so you say you have uh, a lot more space and that's something you were looking for yeah are you working or planning to leave that open space mm. or fill that space with something mm. i am going to leave it open for a little bit I that I don't think I'll be able to for very long. I get antsy um, with too much of that in front of me. But for the next couple of months, um, especially now that it's getting cold, yeah. it's like it's kind of fucked up. But I love the beginning of winter, like mm-hmm. when it starts to get cold. Like I, I don't know if it's my Midwest thing, but it just feels really. It feels really good to me. Well, your um, thing is your bed. And no one loves a bed more than a person the first, like, ten cold days. Right. That is, the bed becomes <laughs> like a, like this alternative universe where everything is comfy. Yeah. 
yes. Which I is was, true always, but especially in winter. I was thinking about that yesterday on the train, um, where like public transportation can be so hellish in the winter, mm. but there's also this way that like every place is a bed because you're so bundled up. <laughs> and I was like, I have my coat and my scarf and my bags. I was like hold clutching uh. to me. And I was like, this is kind of like bed. Maybe I'll just think of it like that. Um, just That's in public. Well, people say things <laughs> like... B.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> people, people, say, people often say things about like making home everywhere you go, right. but not specifically making your bed. And I feel like I don't even make my bed at home. <laughs> I feel like that could get risky, but I think there's there's some beauty in like trying to make more beds out in the world. Yeah, and or maybe it's just me trying to uh, reconcile the fact that I have to spend an hour on the train or something That's to get true. anywhere I need to go. But um, let's go into that metaphor a little because you know. You talk about it a lot. Yeah. It's it's kind of central. Um, to you might be leading the game in in bed references. <laughs> I I in, think I might. You're be. definitely yeah. leading the game in, in non sexual bed, bed references. <laughs> yes. There's there's probably someone who's been named in R and B beef. Somewhere somewhere Jay Holiday is just <laughs> fuming. <laughs> you got it wrong. How dare you? <laughs> but, but where did that kind of crystallize for you as the symbol of the the feel you're trying to create? I. I I think at some point when I was, like last winter, when I was finishing a lot of these songs um, that are now out in the world and are just writing, um, like all of, a lot of that writing was happening in my bed, mm. but then I realized a lot of the things that I was um, touching on, even if they weren't necessarily about my physical bed, they were about things that had to do with that space, mm. that like dream space or that love space mm-hmm. or that self space, um, which all, all of these things, which were, I think, most cultivated like this year. I was living away um, in a different apartment than where I live with my family now. And it was like my first apartment and my own room. And I just was living that up to the fullest. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then le- and learning all of these things about myself that happened in this space in this way that hadn't happened before. Yeah. yeah. So now you're back in the in the family yeah. dynamic. But it's, I mean, I still have my space and it's even maybe more intense because this is the room I've lived in since I was 12. Mm -hmm. Um, So that room has seen so many things and has looked so many different ways. You seem like an extreme redecorator. Oh my gosh, yes. Are we talking horse posters once upon a time? Um, How many iterations has this room gone through? (laughs) Well, at the very beginning, I mean, I was 12, 13, and so I, I was starting high school. I wanted like, the full teen room. It, my mm-hmm. walls were painted like turquoise, bright, Ooh, like nice. blue turquoise. Me too. I yeah. Yeah, at that's home. really <laughs> that's, yeah, that's really exciting. That's really cool. Yeah. I loved it, and I had a loft bed. Um, you know, <laughs> like that was the ultimate cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, super cool. This is like a that's like the equivalent hey of Arnold's like a loft home. apartment when yeah. you're growing right. up. It's just a, <laughs> it's loft, a loft bed. Yeah, it's like Hey Arnold's room. I think. Yeah, mm. I had lights strung underneath it, mm. and like a little like futon chair. It was a very small room, but I made the most of it. Yeah. Um, and then I had this tiny little TV with a DVD player where I would just watch like musicals all the time nice. that was nice shit I would watch um, I remember specifically in American in Paris which oh. was one of my favorite movie musicals it's I was it's for those at home I'm <laughs> clenching my fist because I, I so we've told this story many times but it it, it can never rest <laughs> we must know this history of Dayo Kistlinger 
So we're, we're gonna make it about me for a moment. Yeah, I, no, do you want to tell her? I'm can so I? I'm so curious. T- you, why don't you tell what you remember, and I'll fill in the gaps. So, <laughs> we have a national treasure over here. <laughs> so, so this is so adorable. As like, what, what, what is three? It was three like to five. Three to five six. and six. He would traverse the New York Public Library system and get all of the tap dance central. <gasps> Musical, Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire movies. And yeah. he taught himself tap dancing and would go street perform as a three to six year old. Like that is at the core of his humanity. Oh my And gosh. once as an American went to Paris, oh my. started dancing, created a scene and crowd. And then they were, he had an audience and then almost got arrested <gasps> immi- as, as like an immigration, like street performers yeah. stand oh. on some like xenophobia. So, so I was like a little dandy. I would dress up. <laughs> Like a little bow tie and a little hat. And uh, I would go down in the lobby of my building because they had the nice like uh, tile floor and I could dance and it would reverberate. And the doorman, Freddie, we would like had like a oh nice my. rapport. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I would go to like tap jams and, and tap. And then we went to Paris when I was five, right before my brother was born. And uh, Aaron messed it all up. <sighs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I, to make a long story short, I did this. I just started dancing and I had left one of my other shoes just out in front not on purpose, and people started putting money in oh it. Oh, my God! And then later that night, we were staying in an unfurnished apartment that family friends had, and they had no phones. So we were at a, my mom was on a payphone. She's the only one who speaks any French. And my dad and I were sitting on the stoop, like, counting the coins I had made. And all of a sudden, like, five French police officers circle <gasps> us and just start yelling at us in French. And my dad doesn't speak any French, and my mom couldn't see because she was looking the other direction on the phone. And basically what had turned, what had happened was that someone had walked past. My dad was wearing like a big straw hat <laughs> and they thought that we were Roma and that he was using me to beg. Oh my god! And so they had called the cops. Wow. And uh, we didn't have any of our papers on us. They were all back at the ho- at the room, which was an unfurnished room, which would have looked creepy. <laughs> and uh, eventually we like, my mom came out and managed to communicate what was happening. But uh, yeah, that's a, an important chapter in my life. I don't have those moves anymore, but I think my dad still, wow. I'll have to ask him when he gets here today. Not to the studio, but to Chicago <laughs> to ask him if he's still like is holding on to that, you know, tap dancer yeah. Daniel. Yeah, wow, that is adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like you needed that story. You no, know, I yeah. really did. That's kind of that's beautiful. <laughs> but an American in Paris is a magnificent, it's, beautiful it's movie. So special, oh. yeah. And, and so you had it on the DVD, just uh, yeah. you under your loft bed, right. posted up watching that. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. you ever tap or dance? I did dance. Um, that was a big part of my childhood I did so many and I did gymnastics like movement things were a big part of Hmm. what I did and I did musical theater in high school and college Um, but I actually did and not that many people know about this about me but I did dance a lot in college that was mostly what I ended up focusing my study on I think we talked about that last time oh did we maybe because when we had you on you had like just I I was gonna listen back I'm gonna be honest I didn't (laughs) yeah let's not do that let's let's be fresh (laughs) but we were talking I do know that we were talking you know Within a few months of you moving back to the city. Yeah, it was really fresh. (laughs) It was at a time where you were getting your feet under you and trying to figure out like where, what direction to even want to be pursuing, let alone how to get there. Right. Um, At that time, you were still working BYP. Mm -hmm, I was. Was heavy admin day to day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's part of why I'm excited to have you on now, because obviously so much has grown um, and you have this, what seems, at least from the outside, like this very clear, crystallized idea of maybe not every step of career, in quotes, but like who you want to be in the world, what kind of things you want to be making, what you want people to be engaging with. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back at like 
I don't know, late 2015, early 2016, you, uh, what are you surprised about where you've ended up from, from that point? And are there any things you wish you could have told you then? Mm. I, I'm really proud of myself, to be honest, because I... Little microphone snap. <laughs> we don't snap lightly. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't... I didn't feel very brave at the very beginning. I knew what I wanted to do, mm. but I think I was still really trepidatious with it. Mm. And now I feel a more courage than I felt then. And mm. I wish I could have instilled that in me then a little bit more. Um, just to trust that I knew what I was doing and that it yeah. was going to be okay. I mean, obviously I made it there eventually mm -hmm. and I, mm -hmm. and I did continue to trust that. Um, but it's, it's really, I'm, I just feel really proud because I kind of can't believe it sometimes. And I yeah. think about like a year and a half ago and what I was just beginning to tap into. Um, it, uh, it's, it's really special that I, I've been able to continue, um, what I, what I just kind of had an inkling of what I wanted to do then. Yeah. So first we and I, yeah are so proud of you. Oh, thank you. So, <laughs> so the pride is affirmed and we all feel that same sense of, of pride and proudness for you. It's really amazing watching you grow. Uh, so you say in that time that you found courage mm. and that, that you wish you came out the gate with. Mm. So that, that like, I'm curious, do you identify or know the processes or experiences that built that courage or where that, you know, what catalyze that that type of growth mm. i think uh just sharing as much as what i had with other people as much as i did uh empowered that i there's something so special that i've learned that happens when i particularly during live shows i think um when I just, I, I get this awareness of what it is that my songs maybe kind of do for folks. Like this, mm. it's, I love being able, mm -hmm. I love playing in small rooms. I love being able to see every single person that's mm -hmm. listening to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think at some point I've started to realize how much of this music making or art that I was trying to figure out was not about me or for me, mm -hmm. but about and for all of my people and all of the various places that they are. Um, and that was, that was empowering. That was like the courage that I needed when I kind of took it out of, it's not about what I have to do for myself, but it's mm -hmm. about, um, what gift I'm able to provide maybe for folks that need it in whatever way that yeah. they do. So what do you hope that gift is? What do you hope you're giving? Um, I hope, I hope I'm giving stillness and uh love which maybe I mean, it always sounds weird when you talk about love um, mm -hmm. but i i really i've been thinking about that a lot and that um these music spaces whether it be when people are listening in their headphones or at a show like that's that's love to me like people being able to receive what it is that i have written hmm. um and yeah, however they receive it and then and give back to me is like that's that's just so much love. And so mm -hmm. I that's really what I that's really what I want. So it's giving the love and the receiving of it that you get from that like active 
intense and intentional listening that yeah. people are giving to you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> obviously I've seen you perform a lot, but the where that kind of crystallized was at the at the release show, mm. um, which was, you know, one thing that's changed in the last two years is I just don't go to things anymore. <laughs> but I went to that yeah. and it was like, oh. Shout out to the crib. To the not right. going. Shout out to Real. the crib. Uh. <laughs> but it wasn't even a question of whether I was going to go mm. because I knew that I wanted to give and receive exactly what you're describing. Mm. And then that's exactly what happened. Mm. And there's something so satisfying about uh, like having a sense of what you're walking into and that it's not going to be that thing that's disappointing and awful not because of the songs are all perfect and everything's ambitious yeah but because like you know what type of what type of feeling you're gonna get yeah. and that's the type of feeling that i think at least for me i really crave and need so mm. um yeah i just it, it was beautiful to see that happen on maybe a scale a little bit larger than what i'd seen you do that in and all the other times i've seen yeah. you perform uh, uh what what was what stands out about that night as something that again maybe was unexpected or just what was most gratifying about also it. for the archive the project is alone at last mm. so yeah, we're somebody, not gonna, somebody might be, be listening technicals. to this in the future and might not know what season <laughs> we're talking about mm. so when we mm. say eight re- albums down the line <laughs> <laughs> when we say release we're talking yeah. about the, the mm. beautiful alone which is available on all platforms now yeah go check that out um yeah well i really didn't think it was gonna sell out i i really i I think I am surprised when people go to things be precisely right. because right. like people be staying in the crib. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the whole week I was like, man, are people going to like, I just want some people to be there. Like, yeah. that's all I want for this night. I just want there to be some people. Um, and then it sold out. So that was just like very surprising and yeah. just uh, out of this world. kind of. Um, and yeah, like not everything was perfect about the night and I wasn't even totally in like a calm, happy, emotional place earlier in the night or right before I went mm. on even. Um but I made it there. Um kind of the second I started mm. singing. Um cuz mm. that's what I cuz that's what I cuz that's why I write these songs is cuz like they make me feel good too. Mm. Um and yeah, I it was just really like to play a show for so many people who really just want to um, feel feelings with me <laughs> um, and who are smiling <laughs> up at me. Like I just got photos back from it and there's this one photo and you can just see maybe like the first three rows of people. It's from like the side of the stage, but it's just like hella people just smiling up at me <laughs> <laughs> and it's so it's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. not like gonna like fuel my own ego kind of thing but it's Not just sure. like it's just really beautiful um uh, and it's a combination of strangers and your closest loved ones i'm sure exactly you know? yeah, yeah exactly like people who i only know from the internet or people who i've known for the last few years and then all of my family members yeah. um, and probably people who you don't know at all and then strangers <laughs> and then so many strangers yeah, right like, I just want to go to this this bougie beer bar and right. this is show and back you know what I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb shout out to strangers <laughs> Ooh, you get a bad rap 
I'm gonna give you some love. Shout out to the strangers wow. out there. Wow, that <laughs> is bold. I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's the space I'm entering now, though, where right. most of the people listening to my music are strangers now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm getting it's, and that's just a bizarre mm-hmm. phenomenon. What What feels bizarre about that? Yeah, what, what What's going on in that? For I'm just you like, internally? you don't know me. Like, what are <laughs> right. you What are you listening to my music for? But the, <laughs> right. but like, that's the point. Well, is it though? Sorry, I keep <laughs> cutting off, game. Like, how, is that something you want? Um, yes, I care about these songs enough that I want as many people to hear them as possible, mm-hmm. um, in whatever way that looks like. Um, I want people to be listening, um, but it also, it also, I mean, it reinforces also this idea of you know, once you create something, it's not, it's not really yours yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. It belongs to everybody else, mm-hmm. and so it is a th- maybe that's kind of a growing pain, but mm-hmm. um, something that's a little bit. Uh, like that release is is nice too of oh i don't i don't really have to worry about this belonging to me or whatever that means like this doesn't it doesn't need to be mine (laughs) so so speaking of of like strangers and like strangers knowing you and like meeting a lot of people Mm. i want to talk about an anxiety that's like coming up in my life kind of constantly so it's, it's separate from like traversing the music industry world and like your inevitable path to mm. superstar that I see for you. Uh, but just like in life as being a, a public facing person in this time <laughs> where you're still very like real and local, uh, you're getting close to a point where you are going to meet more people than your brain mm. can possibly compute in terms of like name, face, mm. and where we met. Mm. And that's just something that just scares me because <laughs> that's happening a lot to me. And I pride myself on trying to be very joyful, very affirming, and very sincere to people. And so a mistake I do is like introducing myself. And on Friday, somebody listed five events <gasps> that they came to and that we met. And they were all like big things where we like just shook hands once and her hair was different. But she was able to like catalog. Yeah. Not just I've met you before. But I was like, where? And then she was like, yeah, this thing. That's, like, happened this yeah. that's happened She's to like, me. She's like, let me pull out my planner. So, so, <laughs> yeah. So how do we, how do we, how do you navigate that? I mean, I, I just like apologize and be real and people are cool about it. Yeah. But I, I feel so bad because I oh. would feel so bad. Yeah. No, <laughs> Sam, I feel really bad. Really, really bad. How do you how do you deal with that? Um, I yeah, I just try to be really sweet and gracious about it, which depending on the person can come off as more annoying, maybe. Right. <laughs> nah, I'm um, overdoing it. Them. I apologize yeah. four times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just like hope that people will understand. I um or honestly, sometimes I kind of just feign remembrance. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and 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 to try to pull out some other kind of random anecdote about that night or something that might contribute to me not remembering who they were but I'll be like oh 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 yeah oh my gosh so of course yeah how are you know and then just be like overly friendly and Mm -hmm. yeah but the the thing is when I do that usually I'm I'm still not going to remember them the next time because then I just get caught in the cycle of pretending to remember people and then oh I remember pretending to know you (laughs) something I've learned is like I've had to correct some of my my niceness and shift it a little bit Mm. I've I'm becoming much more cautious of saying nice to meet you uh yes the other my trick I mean a lot of people do this but if you have someone next to you, uh, this is the key. That's my, yeah. you introduce the yeah, person yes. with you yes, and then yes. they'll introduce themselves yes. and yes. then you can be. <laughs> I used to do this on the radio when there were people whose names I didn't, I wasn't quite sure how to pronounce. I'd uh, be like, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm very excited that like we're full fledged Tasha now. 
because that was one of the times I remember. Because I know your last name, and even right now, I know it. And can say, but just saying it out loud on microphone mm. is scary. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to mess it up. No, I, yeah. Mm. You and, and every teacher I've ever had. <laughs> well, what did you typically get instead of the correct name? Um. So... Viets is what Viets looks like to a lot mm. of people. Um, Van Leer is pretty so standard. So it, it, it's Viets. It's, it's not Viets. Viet. Yeah, oh, I do mess it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot of people go to Viets, um, mm. and I I don't know. It's I learned this um, random fact, I guess, because it's German, and mm. in German names, I E is pronounced with an E sound, and mm. E I is pronounced with an I sound. Mm. Um, I bet it's because people see. V-I-E in Vietnam and it's Vietnam. Yes. Nobody says Vietnam. Right. I think uh, that yeah. probably it has something mm. to do with that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> different, different continent. Many continents involved. Also, <laughs> I, I told you this in person, but to the sold out show, I, I did not make it, but did contribute <laughs> to the selling out. Yes. So the <laughs> party the party I was with had three purchase tickets. A member of our party got too drunk and ended up staying in the crib like yeah. we do on most fr- it was a Friday right yeah. a member of the party who shall not be named yeah yeah right. we're, not gonna, we're not gonna you know put my business out so luckily there was a third person to kind of like no but that I was listening to The Read you know that podcast yeah, yeah. and they were talking about some movie that's coming out how they they were like it's a big black movie and they were like honestly I'm probably not gonna go but I'm gonna buy tickets for it opening yeah. weekend <laughs> to like contribute to those numbers and so I think there's there's something yeah, to be said yeah, for yeah. that so I just I just missed out but I still felt good that we supported. That's such an interesting move that I'm going to buy tickets. You're basically buying a ticket so you don't have to see it. You're right. Like, I'm, not, I'm not taking yeah. this movie on, but exactly, it's like a carbon offset for your entertainment. Exactly. So I, I, I want to talk uh, musically a little bit uh, because I think <coughs> the timeline between our last conversations is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before I project my analysis, <laughs> I would like to know... From your perspective, I say you are really weird, right? Now. <laughs> like the it's yeah. from your perspective, uh, where have you felt the most growth in your your artistry and in your creative process? Mm, I think a, a lot of that is in my own, like playing guitar and my own mm-hmm. composition mm-hmm. Um, making. I like at the beginning I wasn't doing that, and also like that has to do with kind of genre and writing style mm-hmm. and what. I felt like I needed to be as a singer before. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's been what a big, did you think you needed to be? You know, I was really, I was really thinking I could do like the like neo soul, like pretty yeah. girl singing mm-hmm. thing. I some, don't know, some Corinne Bailey Ray type. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> and there's like no shade, but there's like so they all sound the same to mm-hmm. me sometimes, mm-hmm. or like that when you get into that like large Mm -hmm. genre Mm -hmm. it's like what is there to distinguish these people um and also i just realized it wasn't really what i was trying to do actually Mm -hmm. um and so then i just i've been i've just been trying to play guitar a lot and practice and i don't i really don't know shit about music i didn't like i played violin in high school and could read music then but i can't now and um it's always funny when i like play with the band or work with other highly trained musicians who are all amazing at what they do but i don't like they'll tell me what chords I'm playing when I play. Like I don't know what they are. Hmm. I don't know what key any of my songs so are. You just, I just play and kind of like a lot of what I was doing at the beginning and and still do now is is watch like live 
videos of my favorite guitar players and singers and just kind of watch what they do mm-hmm. and see what kind of sounds they make and mm-hmm. see how I can make something that sounds like what I like but is is mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do often, does that come before the lyrics and vocals or is it in response and like a compliment? Usually, it's hard for me to write things, like just write songs that aren't attached to a, a melody, actually. Right now, that could change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because you're a poet, though. And have I know. That, you know. <laughs> I know. Lately, I haven't been feeling like a poet, which I know just isn't true. But I just, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel... Very few poets feel like poets. <laughs> it's funny, on the other podcast, we were just, I was editing today, them talking about, like, what does it take to feel like you can own that label? Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's like an accreditation of like award-winning blank. Mm, um, mm. But so for you, is there a, a label, not a label, that sounds commercial, but like a title <laughs> that rings true for you now? Is it singer? Is it songwriter? Is it performer? Is it artist? What Are, are you naming what you do? Yeah, I, maybe this is unwarranted, but I kind of hate the title singer songwriter Mm. i just don't like not for just like what it is but how it what it becomes associated with which is like girls with acoustic guitars singing folk music Mm -hmm. and um i just i it's very demeaning to me i I know it doesn't have to be and i know it also comes off as super like that's a white label for like that that commercial brand is like white people right and like and like girl music (laughs) And, And, and it also I never thought of it this way. It also, like, it is particularly gender. And so to have to name that you wrote the song, like, and she wrote it. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I do sing and I do write songs. But I just, so I don't, that's, I know for a fact I don't like that. I don't mm-hmm. like being, like, the singer-songwriter. But um, I've just been trying to, like, own just, like, musician as mm-hmm. as a title for myself because, like I just felt so much insecurity about playing guitar for a long time mm. and not feeling good enough and not feeling like I actually was a guitar player. Um, but like singing, being like you can be a musician and just mm. be like and just whatever that means, be a singer or right. you know you can play whatever instruments you play or none at all. And so just like that feels yeah. more encompassing. I, w- I want to go deeper in that because this is like the one prepared question. I the rest, I was just like, we're going to talk. The demons ever had. No, no, I, I prepare. I just don't write them down because uh-huh. then reading them throws me off. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to talk about that journey because, you know, I feel like I saw one of your first few times ever play guitar in front of people. Mm-hmm. Maybe, did you play guitar at that promontory corner thing? No. Not yet. No, right? no, no. So, you did at the Loyola gig that we did and that was oh, that yeah. was like twenty sixteen, something mm-hmm. like maybe yeah. two years ago. Yeah. yeah. So you had kinda just started yeah. and, and so I remember when we were we were talking, it was like new and I was like super excited. I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh man, that's gonna hit. Mm-hmm. Uh and so I've been you know, the the, the project's been played around my home throughout so i've heard the songs Mm -hmm. but in wanting to talk to you i like did the first like listen nothing else happening Mm -hmm. sitting still Mm -hmm. uh and i was you know four four or five songs in and i was like wait a second am i hearing nothing but guitar is this only guitar Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. like songs the last song where i hear a little bit of drum Mm -hmm. uh so one just testing my musical ear are there other instruments that are happening that i'm missing and two even if that is the case like that's real courage to go from I want to play guitar to now there is nothing <laughs> but guitar. And so, like, I just want to get into some the narrative of how you got to that, like, creative decision and what how comfortable that yeah. makes you feel now that you did that. Mm, I'm glad you asked that because it was really intentional that this whole project be songs that I had written on guitar and that that would be really 
Um, that would be a focal point of them mm. all. Um, but I'm not a producer and I don't play every instrument. So I had a lot of folks help me like build these, build the songs mm-hmm. into what they are. Um, so Eddie Burns ah. helped executive produce pretty much the whole thing. Um, yeah. And so like all of the drums um, he did, for example. But I had um, Isaiah Obi um, mm-hmm. did some keys oh, on yeah. it in a, in a few places. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dejan, um, Croc. What's his last name? I always forget how to. I might not know. Dave he now. plays. Um, he plays bass with Kaina um, hmm. a lot and Sen Morimoto sometimes. Oh yeah, man. yeah, yeah. yeah um, but he played. Um, he played bass on it a little bit, and um, another young guitar player named Christopher Hogan um, added some of the like more frilly guitar parts. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was. I. I it really meant a lot to me that I felt like I had contributed to the production of the whole thing. Right. Um, Cause that's something that in the past I've just like handed off to other people mm-hmm. um, or other men and didn't feel like something I knew how to do. But that was something like for some of the songs I, I, when I went away to my grandpa's house in Wisconsin in the spring to like finish writing, I recorded demos just by myself of, almost all of them and some of those like demos I recorded by myself and figured out the sound for ended up on the final versions of the songs which mm. I think is so that's awesome cool yeah um, yeah so there's there there are other things um, also in there yeah so you did the you did the go to the cabin and finish it move yeah that yeah. is that is that is a move i know that right is a and i know move. we are we are throwing singer songwriter out the window I'm that the- is a singer songwriter esque ish Indian <laughs> yeah yeah it really is but i realized like i with a grandpa attached to it's not just a cabin like i know a grandpa's cabin yeah, yeah like really far it was april but there was so much snow mm. it was yeah it was like <laughs> incredibly snowy Ugh. i have i haven't even ever spent that much time with my grandma and grandpa just me like whenever mm. i'm there it's with my whole family yeah, yeah, yeah. and so that was like just also an interesting time um yeah it are was, there ways that i'm oh, sorry to cut you off no it's okay are there ways that the two of them show up in your writing um i you know they they don't know like we're not very close like some folks are really close with their grandparents like i'm not particularly close with them like mm. we don't just talk um but they, <laughs> like, when the record came out, they posted a picture on Facebook. They bought a vinyl and they bought a CD oh. and they, like, listened to it on their turntable that they have in their house that they never use. Um, and, like, one thing I remember about my grandpa is he loves to sing. He loves singing Frank Sinatra. And so um, he, you know, he has all of these, like, records in his home um, from his, that he would just, like, love to sing along to. And there was something really special when I was making it um, there to be able to say, oh, like here are songs now that they can, that they'll be able to hold on to and like sing. Um, And I know that they're going to go down to the bar down the road and tell all of their friends um, (laughs) that I made this thing partially like in their home. Um, So that's, yeah, that feels nice. (laughs) That's so beautiful. beautiful. (laughs) I'm legitimately tearing up right now. I just love that idea of the record going, like they're sitting in their living room and listening to your voice singing things that you wrote in that room that's, yeah. so, that's so cool it's, it's, it's yeah. what's making me think of like just us as city folk mm. how like mm-hmm. urban centric we are so like usually when you hear about a cabin it's like some it's a destination something that you go to and leave right but that there's just like life that just is people in cabins that, yeah. that just cabinet all year round they have, <laughs> they have a bar down the road right and like we don't think about that it's like a yeah. thing to go to yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> shout out to all the cabins the cabin's just a house <laughs> 
a house by any other name. <laughs> so you talked about some of the the yeah, it's not a cabinet though. Do they, do they self-identify they as oh, cabiners? No. 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 It's, it's just, just a cabin. House. Cabin it's house. Just, yeah. city folk. <laughs> it's funny if they yeah. get like offended, like people yeah. are like, no, how no. dare you? <laughs> oh. So you talked a little bit about taking on the, not just handing your contribution off to, you said specifically like a man to finish the production on and feeling yeah. like you had a stake in that. Um, and I'm curious if there were other pieces in the creative process or just as you're, you know, kind of building out your uh, pathway through this mm. absurd industry mm. um, where you're making other intentional choices um, to make sure that you're not putting your career and creativity in the hands of specifically men or just in general people who you aren't sure how they will treat it. Yeah. Oh, it's scary. Um, and I'm very, <laughs> I get really protective of my art. I really don't like sharing it with people. That's something I'm working on. I'm working on mm. being more collaborative. Um, but it's, I don't really like to do it. Um, and so that's been, um, something it has been, every person I've worked with along the way has been a really intentional choice for me. Um, the label that this record came out with father daughter is kind of, they're, they're amazing. Um, they're kind of the best possible people to work with in this f beginning step for me um, because it's essentially run by this amazing woman named Jessie Frick and our A&R person is a black queer GNC person um, named Tyler who's amazing. And so like they have never made me feel like I was like my work was in the wrong hands. Um, mm -hmm. And like when I was making these songs, I really just... I just wrote them and finished them basically and sent them to them when they were done. And they were like, okay, great. Um, <laughs> like, like they just like, they completely trusted me. And so that, that has been just entirely positive and I could, it could not have turned out that way. Um, and like even all of the folks from like who did my merch and my cover art to like who I play with for live shows or like they all, they're really intentional choices for them to people who are close to me and people yeah. who I trust. Um, but I really, I learned that you like, I don't have to say yes or work with anybody who I don't want to. Right. And maybe it's like a, a privilege thing, like whether it be like gigs that I get asked to do, like I can say no to things that just don't, um, that I don't fuck with um, and yeah. say no to people who I don't fuck with and it's okay like there will be opportunities for me to say yes yeah. to the right people yeah. um, but I think like way at the beginning before I'd even like put together this agreement with father daughter and I was talking with um, my friend Leticia who makes music is vagabond and she was the one who I got who connected me to father daughter in the first place but she's a young black queer musician in the indie music industry and um and she just, she had so much advice to impart, but a lot of it was like, just be your own boss always. Like you're always going to like, no matter how big your team grows, like you are in charge and you are right. the one who gets to, to say yes or no to anything. Right. And as long as you are making those choices with intention and with conviction, like then you're, then your shit's going to go well and it's going to mm -hmm. be what you want. Um, and then I think like just so quickly there's, you start to feel this pressure of having to like prove yourself or say yes in a certain way. Um, mm -hmm. But you don't, I don't think I have to. Um, Are there any particular no's you've taken that feel like a great example of this? Um, I just, some, 
someone reached out to me. I don't, I can't even remember what the name of the band is. Some touring band that are mm-hmm. playing a couple of big shows, like a band of white dudes who make like pop music. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just talking with someone about this, but like, why did they even ask me? They asked me to be come on for support for their show, and mm-hmm. I um, said no because um, I wasn't interested. <laughs> but I was just thinking, like, why did they ask me? And I, I guess it's kind of obvious because they know who. They know the type of crowd they want to create or the type of fan base they want to curate. Um, and hmm. I would maybe contribute to them to doing that for all of these hmm. um, white pop musicians. But like, no, I'm not going to do yeah. that for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, being, the, being your own boss, even of things that aren't for you, like you get to say no to that because you have the like no matter they can't rem- they can't make you feel like you don't have the agency to make that choice even if that's not their intention they right. ask can do that yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i think yeah. i think we're pulling out like some great like philosophical lessons in terms of like mm-hmm. your ethic i would like to like pull out some of the things you've learned technically mm-hmm. because like my intention is you know i know so many people that listen and just in this world in general uh as the the technology has changed there's all of these creatives trying to produce things independently mm-hmm. uh, i think many of us don't know don't know shit you know <laughs> and so uh the way we often frame questions like this is like think of your teenage self mm-hmm. but just people in general what are some of the like basic fundamental things about maneuvering organizational structures from this agreement with yeah. father daughter and just in general right cuz like you're like a real, you're doing it for real, for real now. <laughs> yeah, and I know yeah. that you're learning some things. So what are some gems that, that are like solidifying for you? Yeah, I, I mean, in Chicago, like labels, I think it a bad rep. Cause like, cause of the end, like the rise of the golden mm-hmm. boy independent artist or whatever, like, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. And I believe in and fully support. Um, but like this, um, I like the unnaming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like this, uh, this deal with this, like th- has done so much for me. It's mm-hmm. been like, they gave me resources. That's right. a big thing is mm-hmm. like, I won. I, w- I know I wanted this record to sound as beautiful as it possibly could. And they were mm-hmm. able to give me the resources to do that. Um, and it's exactly, it turned out exactly how I wanted. Like in terms of where you're, where you're recording and being able to like pay session musicians. Like being able to pay like the engineer I want and being right. able to pay my musicians and being able to pay, um, yeah, like yeah. for my cover art, like pay my friends to do that. Like that, um, like I wouldn't have been able to do that on my own. Um, and, and just the scope, like understanding. So I think, I mean, so a, a long the way then I had to make decisions and think about like what I wanted um, my scope to be. So I think you, right. you know, like if I really just wanted to kind of stay cozy and keep doing my own thing and just like dig into figuring things out, um, like on a really basic level, like I wouldn't have had to do this right now. But in that moment, um, I was really thinking like, okay, I know I want to grow in this way. Um, and I want to reach more people than I have reached before. And so yeah. I knew that this would help me do that. Um and I've really, I mean, I've, I, I've really just trusted the the feelings that I've had. Um, Shout out to the feelings. <laughs> like when things have, like I don't have a manager because it just doesn't feel right to me right now. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's, I don't feel that there's anybody adjacent to me who 
who could do who needs to do that for me right now mm-hmm. um and that feels right like it won't always feel that way there will come a time when i will need one i think yeah. you know but like so i i've just been really trusting trusting what i need and what i don't need and trusting that like it's okay for things to take time mm-hmm. um because i think there's also always this pressure of like running out of time yeah. and becoming not relevant mm-hmm. and just like constantly like needing to do things right away yeah that urgency is such a dangerous it can be motive you know it can be a motivation but it it isn't the be all end all right and so i think like be strategic like just know the way that things work but also like take time like i've i'm i'm taking time right now that Mm -hmm. and that feels so that feels Mm -hmm. so good um like i I don't feel rushed to do a single thing Mm -hmm. um and uh i think like holding holding on to that I think is really liberating. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm just letting that sink in for a second. I mm-hmm. think that's no matter what you're making, that's a really good reminder. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause just there's so much and whether that's like on an industrial level or just like creatively there's that, that urgency and it, it, it's tough to also recognize that the the taking your time is part of the creative process. Like right. not doing anything is writing. Right. <laughs> like n- watching a movie is writing. Oh, you know yeah. all those types of things. And yeah. I don't know. Mm. I, I struggle with that. I rock with that. You like that's, that? That's a slippery slope, though, my friend. Oh, it is. You have to eventually. <laughs> you have to write. What did, what, what did Kevin? What did Kevin say? This is the Office reference for the Office there. It was a uh, Michael was uh, oh sleeping gosh, with the, the sleeping with the baseball coach's wife, and he says. I'm going to eat anything and anytime, whatever I want. <laughs> and Kevin just looks, that's a that's dangerous it. game, friendo. <laughs> so Trini watching movies is writing is a dangerous, oh, a game. dangerous game. But I, I, I have, I do believe that that oh, is true. Yeah. Um, merch. Ooh. First of all, just merch, you raw as hell. But no, your actual <laughs> merch uh, is, is actually raw as hell. <laughs> so for those who can't see you, which is everybody except for Damon and Daniel, uh, you know, you... I don't know if I don't know if I've seen other things, but I've definitely mm. seen these I love myself and hate police things, which yeah. like, you know, is <laughs> orgasmic for me. Uh, I think this I, I want I just want to know the story. The sentence mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Just right now, I've seen it before, but I still was like, Oh, I wonder what her hoodie and I have to like look and squint. Exactly. That's the which one part. is a way to protect yourself, but two, then it was like all it like makes me engage it and it's just it's just beautiful. I love myself and hate police. Yeah. Let's talk about that uh Bell Biff DeVoe. <laughs> Um, I know you don't know what that means. I'll explain later if necessary, but just I <laughs> I just love this is part of being my own boss. I just love doing whatever the fuck I want when it comes to what I make. Um mm. and I love not feeling afraid to talk about how much I hate police. Um when it comes to like cuz I'm entering into a music scene where that's like an organizing space is like yes, that's, that's what we norm. that's yeah. what we eat, sleep, breathe, you know. <laughs> But like in these like increasingly like larger stages and different audiences full of more strangers, like people don't hear that. Um, no shout out to those strangers. No shout out to those strangers. <laughs> they're not. They're not strangers. We know them. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's. We know like, them better than they know right? them. <laughs> <laughs> That's there's like a fearlessness. I think that I. Um, this you know it's like very brazen so in, yeah. in those spaces to be able to say that mm-hmm. um to say like i hate i don't like no police allowed here um and so like putting that on my merch was like the one of the loudest ways i feel like i could do that um and and also i think is um like this way of making it 
like consumable in a way for people who maybe wouldn't normally like be saying fuck 12 they this is a cute sweatshirt so mm-hmm. they're gonna they, they might buy this they might mm-hmm. be like oh yeah i do i do love myself and i don't really like police yeah, actually but i do like comfortable hoodies right <laughs> um and like so audible tan <laughs> right yeah i think this is sand i think this was sand. the color yeah mm. <laughs> and so that's so ironic because like sand is so grainy but it looks so it's comfy so, yeah uh. yeah so it's like it's this way of making like the little ways that I can try to make my abolitionist practice uh, attractive to the masses. Yeah. How have people engaged it? Is people it, love it. Have, have you you haven't it? gotten the well, actually. Yet. <laughs> I know with my with I had other T-shirts I made too that had the beginning of this this poem that's um, also on the record about mm-hmm. um, fuck the police poetry. One time mm-hmm. I did have someone come up to me after a show being like, "Oh, I love your music, but I'm a cop, so I can't buy your shirt," and I was like. Fine. <laughs> that's that's your that's your business. Right? It's like okay. Um, like, do you want to give me twenty dollars anyway, yeah, or like, yeah. why are we having this conversation? If you were to share this and like fuck stockbrokers, and someone came up to you and was like, "I'm a stockbroker, so I can't buy that," you'd be like, "This is equally ridiculous. <laughs> this is your your job, your business." Right. Um, that was that's the only time. But with this stuff, it hasn't it hasn't happened yet, hmm. um, which is really um, encouraging because it makes me feel like I'm attracting the right type of people because mm-hmm. um, if you're going to come to my show and then be like oh I don't like that then, don't, <laughs> then I don't want you at my show in the first place so Literally. like <laughs> yeah so like I I think that means I'm I'm doing it right yeah but you might not get the I'm just thinking about the practicality of being in front of more people and just the 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 like statistical facts of oh, yeah. people's opinions yeah. <laughs> like you might not get the well actually in that way but you are going to have people engaging who don't hold that politics. So, you know, one thing that sometimes happens when people make statements is that those statements get either misrepresented or diluted. Um, And I've seen you, not specifically around cops, but in general talk about some of that, like people reframing lyrics or omitting certain words. And so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that and and how that makes you feel. (laughs) Wait, can can you give me context? I don't want to give the... Yeah, yeah, tell me a story. I'm thinking about the the lullaby and and all that. Yeah, this really strange thing happened where this Instagram influencer fashion girl Mm. in New York um, posted the lyrics to lullaby or part of the lyrics under her outfit post, um, (laughs) but took out the black girl part. She's not black. Did it just say girl? No, it just was like, leave this fight to someone else for now. Mm close your eyes whatever the words are um but she yeah and i was and i didn't even i only saw it because someone else i know tagged me in a comment being like oh i love this wow tosh wow song and it felt really weird and gross but i didn't i kind of let it go and then a couple weeks later i was thinking about it more and i was like wait i'm actually really upset about this um and so i posted on my instagram and like tagged her and was like this isn't like you can like listen to and appreciate the song, but you can't like take the words and take out the part that this like it's like the you literally can't get more explicit. Like <laughs> yeah. like you can't. And um, for those for those who don't know, that song is it's a, you yeah. What, yeah. What's the intention well, that is being erased? Yeah, it's a it's a lullaby for black girls. It's a song that in every verse starts with black girl um very clearly addressing who who i'm singing to and talking to um including myself um talking about like not having to give to the world and being able to give to yourself um which i think we need reminders of 
every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it gets really um, uh, like icky to me when people because there's not like like other women white women and women of color don't move through the world the same way that black women do Mm -hmm. and white women saying "Mm, yeah i don't need to give to the world today is not the same as a black woman saying that Mm -hmm. and so to like make that assumption and to like make that like take ownership of that in that way is like just like really doesn't feel right and it's like I was conflicted about it because of this like oh well I can't help what people do with my songs that mm-hmm. are out in the world mm-hmm. um, and it might have been a meaningful reminder for her in her own particulars of her life but that's not the intention behind right the, yeah. yeah and then when I and then ultimately when I ended up like calling her out for it she told me I was spreading hate oh, well, um, then, oh, well, then, <laughs> so then it so just like and oh. then said like we're sisters and need to stick together so it was like really it, oh they love that yeah they love that what did you, what does your mom say because maybe not everyone knows yeah uh, I have a white mom yeah who's, who was the actually <laughs> we need to get her up here oh uh, yeah she's such a so so you know that that you have that relationship that yeah. informs so you so obviously you're not just like blatantly spreading white women hate from your actual home and experience right uh, or so, the song like that yeah exactly <laughs> that's i mean and that's your why response? that's why my mom like she proves to me every day that uh, people in the world are just lazy like <laughs> if like my like older white mom can learn about white supremacy and like actively combat like white supremacy and anti-black racism and capitalism and can learn about gender pronouns and can learn about queer stuff like you can do it mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know like my mom like my mom proves that to me every day mm-hmm. like that she she literally has just made the choice to do the work that needs mm-hmm. to be done and she does it mm-hmm. yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. you know and, and so. there's a fearlessness though to that that you can like try to encourage in other people because it's not i think laziness is an interesting word mm-hmm. for because some of it mm-hmm. isn't just like i don't want to do it because i'm tired or busy it's hard there are all kinds of other hang-ups that you know it's the feeling of of maybe not doing it right or or that you have something to lose which you do yeah i do yeah so that i i I don't know i think it's a good example uh not that it's like the model for how everyone (laughs) should move because there's no one right way but i do that like you know what? Let me let me let me take on this with all the complications it creates. Right, is a brave is yeah. a brave move. Yeah, and I would like to think that my like my music moves people to do that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, like I like people have people say that exact thing. Like, let me take this on. Like, let me try to understand what what being a fan of this music means. Hmm. Um, and if being a fan of this music means that I need to learn a little bit more about what how black folks are imagining liberation and freedom. Like, let me try to figure that out. And that's what I hope to do. I hope to help people start to think about that um, because I, that's like what, that's the lineage my music is always going to exist in mm-hmm. and will continue to. Mm-hmm. And so if I can like find little ways um, to help spur that um, like movement and in people into like, into that kind of space, then like I would, mm-hmm. I hope that the, I can do that. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you said our magic word lineage, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. I wanted, <laughs> we need a lineage bell. We do need a lineage bell. <laughs> that, you know, such a like deflective or gaslighting response, like you're spreading hate with sisters, like kind of uh, mm. I'm, I'm trying to think of a word that's not overly dismissive, but kind of like invalidate or, or makes that one of those people that like, you know, doesn't need to show up. But theoretically, hypothetically, if that was not the response, what would you have wanted 
maybe not even her, a person like her to have learned about that mistake, right? Because it's uh, the, the mistake is understandable without a consciousness. Uh, but then once it gets corrected, w- w- what is the lesson that should have been heard? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. And Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so layered because it's like Instagram also, right. you know, and it's like the whole thing of like how like real is this space even at <laughs> all? And right. like to me, like to her, like that might be like her real, like this might be her real like front facing, like this is who she is to the world. Like every outfit that she posts and every caption she posts, she really might see that as like as who she is and how and the way that people <laughs> perceive her is like the real her. Um, and for other people, that's not totally the case. Um, and so ideally, I think it could be, that's I guess a separate thought, but ideally I think in this situation it could be um, like if she had responded saying like uh, oh oh I see what you're saying here I didn't really understand that um, but I'll think about it and I'll change my caption um, and I'm sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> like that would have been like totally cool that, that would have right. been a yeah. proper accountability right even um, if she doesn't totally get it yeah. or understand the like again I'll I'll take this on and I'll do the small immediate things to try to combat your like take your response seriously right because i think i mean ultimately when when someone is telling you about what they are experiencing as uh like this kind of person in the world like you can't say that that's incorrect (laughs) Um, and i feel like that like happens a lot and you know and so i think if at the very least you Hmm. say like oh i honor that what you're saying is 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 the truth in this moment right. and for this interaction. Right. And we can um, live in the realm of ideas and talk ideas, all that, but first off, yeah. like how you are framing your world is a valid way to frame the world, even if I don't understand it. Yeah. Right. And so I think, and I think that like level of just engagement gets lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if we like, that would have, I think if we like started and ended there, mm-hmm. that would have been okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity in like moments like this and the provocation of art, uh, to like have these deeper, you know, structural interactions, mm. uh, but explicitly like, how is your political spirit right now? You know, because mm. you're, you're Cause you got that life too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's. I was just at the National <coughs> Women's Studies Association conference in Atlanta. Okay. Um, Barbara Ransby oh, asked me to did come you, in. Did you meet play. a woman named Keisha Scott by any chance? No, I don't no. think I that did. we got to make that. She was our mentor and advisor oh. in college, and she was there and knows Barbara. And anyway. oh wow, it's a side. Yeah, thing. no, it was well. So it was really special. I was just there. I wasn't there the whole weekend, but I got to just stick around an extra day after I um, performed. Mm. And it's been so long since I've been in those like political academic mm-hmm. learning spaces. It's been a while, um, and it was so exciting. Hmm. I loved it so much and I was like craving um so much being back in that kind of space Mm -hmm. um and so I don't well I haven't like found a way to make that happen just physically in my life I've been just like I've been consuming a lot of content that I feel like is helping me in my like political space right now for myself um the other day I just listened to an amazing podcast um that Adrian Marie Brown. Uh, um, yeah, how to Survive how, the End of the World, uh, right? Yeah, it's really I'd good. never heard of it, and I just listened to this one episode mm. um, with Alexis. Uh, I don't remember her last name. I hadn't heard of her before. Um, a shout out to Alexis. Yeah. Uh, she's what was a three-part name. Um, but it was about 
Um, a lot of it was was her talking about like just black feminism um, in relation to the end of the world um, and like magic and time travel and um, but they were able to help give me um, some frameworks for myself right now and thinking about my create creativity in a political space and um, my like my dream spaces that I create in my songs. Um, um, still being political and um, like if I'm writing with um, like my ancestors and the people who inspire me like in my heart and in my spirit like that then becomes political so I've, I'm I'm kind of thinking about about that um, like how to infuse my um, creative work if not um, explicitly then like spiritually for myself mm-hmm. with my um like political ideologies and histories and hmm. yeah yeah and it'll yeah. show up in the ways it shows up and then some of it will just be for you and some of it'll be for the people engaging and yeah yeah one one tangible way and i know we're we're over time so we're gonna wrap soon i know we could go forever you're yeah. the greatest human um <laughs> but but one tangible thing and it goes back to something i was talking about before and I, the reason i'm bringing this up is because it's something that like you and i have engaged on in certain ways and then i've also just watched you post about and mm. as you've moved into this like music industrial space and the music yeah. industrial complex, complex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also known AI. as the mic mic i was just gonna go with that's complex.com but that works uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God. i like the mic better yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know you, you talked about the what it took to feel the ownership of the of the word musician mm. um and and I'm curious, it's something as a producer of events that I've been really working on, is what are the infrastructural things we can build to connect producers and people putting together bands to women musicians? And mm. it has been something that you and I have talked about just in like one-off things for how I'm booking events and stuff like that. But I'm curious for you, um, in the position that you're in now, on a like, city level, what are beyond just like folks book women music like mm-hmm. are there infrastructural pieces that you think we could build that would be helpful and you don't have to have an answer it's just something that i've been trying to figure out yeah i don't know if i have an answer because i'm st- i th- i'm still thinking about that mm-hmm. and figuring that out like even on a personal level like i don't know that many women musicians mm-hmm. um like i just i don't um yeah. and so like i'm trying to find them um i'm trying to find us um i yeah i think that it has yeah i don't i guess i don't have an answer but i'm i'm just trying to think of like spaces that i like feel welcome in and that i feel like i can be a musician in um and so like things that happen before you even book a show Mm -hmm. or on a stage um like number one like seeing other women playing shows like that makes me feel like I can be a musician um yeah like that um like that does I think that's like a very important um step in that um but like in 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 studio spaces and um just in like the engineering rooms and like things like that it's like all of the things surrounding like 
being a musician, but like if I saw like a woman engineer um, like mixing someone's album, I'd be like, oh, like that's like that's a woman I want to work with just mm-hmm. because like I'd rather right. work with her. Because um, she's in the room. Because she's in the room. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like all of those affiliate things. Like if it's a woman booking a show or like like it's it's all of the other layers and all of the other places where we right. have to encounter mm-hmm. um because it's not it's not just the front facing stuff of who's on stage. It's, yeah. There's an industry behind exactly. right. the decision makers. Exactly, right. exactly, and um, yeah, and so it's like all of yeah, all of those other places where we have to um, encounter folks, like um, making it feel like it's a space that is ours as well. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't I, w- I didn't expect a like concrete, but it's just it's something that I want to offline yeah. as we move forward continue talking about because yeah. I think the way you were talking about your like your lens informing what you do both like externally and internally as you move down this, like that's going to keep happening just like it does for all of us. Like even if we're not in that academic conference organizing meeting room, we don't stop having our brains thinking that way. And you know, you try to do that. At least I try to do that in every space. Yeah. Um, and it's just they each prevent, create their own like unique challenges. Yeah. So for the sake of time and just because you're so loving, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to uh, yeah, uh, make an executive a hard... decision here. Co-executive. <laughs> Co-executive decision here. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that you can... I'm going to... I'm gonna, I, I apologize to all the listeners who, 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 come, who wake up for this every week. <laughs> I'm going to forego R&B beef. I'm going to okay. forego for, for, In... for, for a purpose. Okay. Uh, so we talked a lot about... I trust uh, it. <laughs> You know mm-hmm. your your development artistically, and we got to the political, uh, but I also just rock with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think there is some beauty, but also room for danger in the fact that your art is so personal and mm-hmm. is so humanizing and is so real. Mm-hmm. And in the way you talk about like the digital space, like being this buffer that does not exist in how you create, uh, but at the same time that then like kind of erases some boundaries that you may need. Uh, I got you. Uh, <laughs> I used to have a radio show called The Racing Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and so I just want to like spend a few minutes. Like, how are you doing? <laughs> how are your relationships in the world? <laughs> how are your friends? Are you getting loved on the way you need to? Mm. Like, how, how are you, Tasha? <laughs> wow, thanks for asking. That was really <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm doing okay. I, I think I'm. Uh, I'm learning how uh, to keep things to myself um, because I need to. Um, I like feeling like I am the most me that I could ever be <laughs> in, um, <laughs> in, in like my stage space and in like everywhere. Um, mm. But I, I have to keep some things to myself. So I'm figuring, I'm figuring out how to how to do that. But I think I'm. I'm being loved on. I re- like being um, living at home with my mom and my brother because um, it's just like like my family. They're just my people. Yeah, the gangs um, back together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and they, it like allows me, like yeah. And having more time now, like it just allows me to feel like oh, I can just like spend s- many nights at home, like watching Netflix with my mom, um, and that's like that is really important um mm. for me um yeah and i yeah yeah so i that just feels like a, a foundation right now mm. <laughs> uh, shout out to moms yeah, shout out to moms, to moms. <laughs> and on that i think we can uh can, can leave people all right all right goodbye. there's time there's time i think we can do it okay 
Uh, I'm pretty sure we were doing this when, when you came, so yeah. you, know, you, know, you know what's coming. Uh, and so do the people, you know. We're, we're all about accountability. Uh, we, we are loving and accepting for 99% of the world, but there is a 1%, <laughs> and that 1% has run amok. <laughs> And we won't stand for it anymore here. Radio. We're bringing back Occupied just specifically at r and Tasha, we invite you on this crusade once again to okay. join us to draw a line in the sand. <laughs> R&B beef. Mm. Beef with an R&B singer. Mm. Tasha, who you got and why in the era? Oh, gosh. Man, I'm so bad at having beef with people. I know. I tried, oh, to, I tried I know. to let you off the hook. Can it be fake beef? It yeah. can. It yeah. can. Um, like a Satan. <laughs> <laughs> um okay this is okay this isn't beef this is actually just praise but that i'll like <laughs> disguise <laughs> i'm really bad That's like fun. every person i think of who like oh man like it like i can't it's not really. um but mariah carey just dropped an album Did she? she just dropped a new album that dev hines produced wow. um and if anything i'm just mad that she Made an album with Dev Hines, who, I don't know Dev Hines. <laughs> who's um, fire. Blood Orange is the like artist name, and mm-hmm. he's just um, he's just a, a musician that I so greatly admire, and I just feel like like confused and mad that Mariah Carey made this with him mm. because it's honestly probably going to be amazing, right? Um, an incredible producer exactly and, yeah. yeah and so i'm i'm just like wondering yeah i it's just like right carrie what um how'd you like how'd you have the nerve to do this um that's my yeah. that's my fake beat. i am so glad you brought up mariah carrie and i think this is the perfect way for us to go out so shout out to rosie for showing this to me uh, mariah carrie at some point somewhat recently was on the home shopping network <laughs> and there is a super cut of all the times that she said the word moment <gasps> and uh i think Let's sign off, but we'll leave this as our outro. And this is going to blow your mind. She says it like 8,000 times, and it's just all of them cut back to back. So uh, Uh, We at you, Mariah Carey. So we're going to get out of here. Yeah, thank you so much. much. Where can the people find you? In the ways you want to be found. Um, So I have a website, wowtashawow.net. And uh, appropriately, every handle I have on the internet is Wow, Tasha, wow. The project is alone at last. Go get it. Go get some merch if you can get your hands on it. We Mm -hmm. appreciate you so, so much. And we are all so proud of you. And we are behind you. Thank you. We'll be back next week. Much love to the people. Peace. But I'm also featuring moments for you. Like a retro moment of gypsy whatever. You're right. (laughs) It doesn't have to be a skin-tight moment to make you look thin. It's a dual moment. It's a full-on evening moment if she wants it to be. I deserve a push moment. And I'm not trying to do a styling moment. A genius moment. A short moment. You know what I mean? Transitional summer moment. (laughs) I need a moment. I need a fragrant moment. But um, but seriously, thank you so much. I don't know why. Mm. Pregnancy, mm. you're like, hmm, I want whatever. I was into the bandana moment, whatever. So um, HSN anniversary moment. Like a fun, you know, cute remix moment. A loving moment. At That's a diamond the- moment. I don't care <gasps> what anybody says. Transitional moment. <laughs> Different moments. It's moment. Oh, and it's a deep level and it's a moment i'm working hard i'm working out i'm trying to get ready for you know three months my moments i'm waiting for my moment okay you got to give us a moment you feel like you're giving you're you're having that moment that's for another moment like, that was a, an amazing moment give her a wide shot she's give not her a afraid moment. of that
We play music. We like have our moments. Whatever, it's pertinent to the moment. So it kind of like makes it okay for the rest of your moments to be interchangeable, I think. Anything where you might see a celebrity moment that you don't want to see of yourself, I don't look at. We share moments whenever. I've been waiting for this moment the whole day, so. This episode of Ergo is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so we didn't. Enjoy the show.